Hello, and welcome back to Hit Symbolic <laughs> Something Something Cult Media Something. I'm Jacob Savage. You've already done no, that one. It, it, it's no, hard. It's hard. It's not even a, it's not even a good one. That's like, come on, Fine, try fuck it you. you. You do it. You do it. No, that's not my job. I don't go into this knowing. It's not like there's ever an episode where you don't need to do an intro, you know? <sighs> you should know every time that you're going to need Jesus. to have something. Fine. Welcome back to It's Symbolic, where Ben apparently thinks he knows better. I'm Jacob Savage. I'm Beer. Uh, I'm the aforementioned yes. Ben. Are, are you satisfied? Is that... No, obviously not. That was still shit, but... <laughs> and are, are we going to need to hold a meeting after this? Try to... I don't... I don't after this won't help the fact that you didn't have an intro prepared this episode. <sighs> But that's neither here nor there. Yes. I mean, to be honest, we should probably get onto topic. What do you guys think of guns? Uh, I have complicated feelings about guns. Do you know? Yeah, that's a pretty good way of putting it. Guns definitely occupy that weird space where, like, uh, uh, funny in concept. <laughs> But in real life, <laughs> in concept, maybe not so much. Gun, you think guns are amusing? They're hilarious. In concept, in concept, like, you you just usually pretty cool looking, uh, but often used. Yeah, I mean, like sharpshooters are cool, <laughs> but when that's not Any the ugly, intended I'm target, which it generally isn't. The opposing gunslinger would be the intended target. Well, no, that's a duel. Yeah. What of it? I I don't know. I, I think we're talking about, like, two or three different things here. I thought we were talking about a movie. <laughs> we are! What do you know? We will be talking about the 1950 film noir, Gun Crazy. I'm sure Gun Crazy wasn't on either of your radars with a title like that. <laughs> nope. I must have missed the theatrical release. Yeah. Well, you have to have some context for this. Now, this was still not that long after the Great Depression when bank robbers were actually kind of seen as folk heroes to some degree. Hmm. So you had like your John Dillinger, your... Bonnie and Clyde, your third example. Yeah. <laughs> Not even gonna help me out, you're just gonna leave me stranded. Uh yeah, I know learned I know stuff about gangsters, but my cat uh, jumped up into my lap. So Not I'm again! Like... Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a little distracted. I've got I've oh got I've got a, I've got a kitty cat. To... Does your cat have a rival podcast by any chance? Because this is ridiculous. Yes, she does. <laughs> Oh, what's it called? So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, you need to learn to help yourself, Jacob. I think that's what we're taking away from this episode. Yes. Jesus, this is already not a good one for me. (laughs) (laughs) And you only have yourself to blame. Hmm. 
Yes, I expecting you two to contribute. Hey, I wasn't even supposed to be here. I was happily on vacation, resting assured with the fact that an episode would be recorded with someone in my stead while I was maxing and relaxing in the warm Belize sun. But instead, here I am, doing this, like the desperado I am, marching off into the sunset. I must once again return to restore order in my land. <laughs> Play, blame also, Matthew for that. not recording in a foreign country. What a... I was with my family. What did you want me to do? I recorded an episode in Korea, so... I was with my family. I'm not going to be like, hey, family, who I don't get to see very much. I'm going to go and, like, take an hour and talk into a computer (laughs) about some fucking gun shit. (laughs) I mean, that's how you spend a lot of your time, just not usually specifically with the gun shit. Yes, this is true. (laughs) But I was owed a break, and that was taken away from me. I am so sorry. Your check is in the mail. I know. Anyway, so Gun Crazy is based off of a short story of the same name, written by McKinley Cantor for the New York Post in 1940. Uh, Oh, that's quite a ways earlier, actually. Yeah. (laughs) In the intervening ten years, someone saw this and thought it would make a good movie, because this is when fiction appeared in newspapers... And people would adapt that into film. Oh, like the Garfield movie. <laughs> Jesus. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I was trying to think a of second. a way to interrupt myself <laughs> before it came it out. A... It took me a second. I had to... I-, I was picking up what you were putting out for sure, but, you know. Jesus. <sighs> well... In the intervening 10 years, the screenplay was written by Cantor, the original author, in collaboration with Dalton Trumbo, which is a fantastic name. A man with a funny name. Yes. (laughs) That is pretty funny. He was best known for this point. Like, he had done a lot by this point. I think his best known film titles of the time were like Kitty Foyle and 30 Seconds Over Tokyo. 30 Seconds Over Tokyo is my favorite Eurobeat song, I gotta say. (laughs) He also wrote the novel Johnny Got His Gun, which I have read, and trust me, it is fucked up. Did he get it, though? Um, actually, it was about losing a lot of things. Well, some some guns are worth it, maybe. Hmm. As we'll find out, I guess. Dalton Trumbo was actually a big name by this time, and was one of the Hollywood Ten, which were cited for contempt of Congress and blacklisted from Hollywood after refusing to answer questions about involvement with the Communist Party. Well, just because they don't want to be associated with a guy named Trumbo. Uh, From what I can tell, he's a pretty cool guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, He was a pretty communist, and I'm into that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I, I mean, Johnny got his gun. He's considered to be one of the most anti-war novels of all time. So, there you go. A lot, a lot of stuff must have gone on while he was getting his gun then. I'll tell you about it later. Sounds good. Anyway, so, as Dalton Trumbo was blacklisted at this time, his portion of the work was credited by Millard Kaufman, 
who I can't find too much that he did. He was one of the people that created Mr. Magoo. Hmm. It, yes, it. this was Kaufman doing a favor because otherwise the script couldn't get sent around. And Trumbo was not credited, or really, his work on the script was not discovered until 1992. Well, that's what the Red Scare did. Yeah. Thanks, Joseph McCarthy. Among, among other things. Yes, a lot of other things. But I mostly just know the arts effect. And Trumbo did a lot of work, because Cantor was the original one to turn it into a screenplay, and from what I could find... His original screenplay was about 300, 400 pages. So about five hours long. Did I watch a five-hour movie? I don't think I did. It it was severely edited down. In in which case you're asking about in general? In which case I... (laughs) I don't think I have in general either. The longest one I think I've watched was like four hours. How is that? I I enjoyed it. It's this... Really a weird Japanese film, Love Exposure. Hmm. I don't know. I recommend it, but it is a commitment. And that's not what we're here to talk about. Hasn't stopped us for anything else in this episode. Yeah. So the work was given to director Joseph H. Lewis, who at this point was pretty well known for his westerns and film noir. Uh, His biggest hits by 1950 were My Name is Julia Ross and So Dark the Night, both of which were original mystery films. And in the lead roles, he cast John Dahl, who by this point was best known for the Alfred Hitchcock film Rope, but had gotten an Academy Award nomination for The Corn is Green. It was also a bit of an anomaly for this era by being an openly gay actor, which hmm. Lewis... Oh, dope. Yeah, Lewis has stated that this was actually part of why he cast Dahl in the lead role. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Which we'll probably get into. And the lead female was... Pro- probably, huh? Yeah. The lead female was played by Peggy Cummins. This was her first major role, I believe. And... She was an English actress who was not the studio's first choice. I hope they didn't tell her that. Producers originally wanted Veronica Lake for the lead. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Well, as we have spoken about on this podcast before, this was around the time that she stopped screen acting until she did her final role in a film in which she threw leeches or maggots in Hitler's face. (laughs) <laughs> I do remember that. We still haven't watched that. No one's found that for us yet. Yeah, God. Please, if you know where to find Flesh Feast. Well, we should put up a bounty for it. Yeah. yeah. The bounties that will actually talk about the goddamn movie. That sounds like more of a reward for us. Mm. I mean, I-, I was talking about the film that this episode is purportedly about. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the film was released in January of 1950, produced by King Brothers Productions, under both the title Gun Crazy and also known as Deadly is the Female. That's a pleasant title. Uh Uh-huh. But may as well 
get into it, shouldn't we? Dive right into all of these goddamn guns. So many guns. There are a lot of guns in this movie. There are. As showcased... There's like two. Hmm. Well, one of the first ones we see is in a store window where our lead, Bart Terror, breaks into a hardware store and steals it. I, I don't know why they're selling a gun in a hardware store. Uh, for those really sturdy nails. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have to back up to the other side of the room, take careful aim... No, you act, you 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 stick it. You stick the nail right into the barrel, and then you fire. <laughs> oh shit! That's even better. <laughs> a gun for nails. Who would have thought? Hmm. Y'all know the number of the patent office. <laughs> he has stolen this gun, but he immediately just like trips over a curb and is caught immediately by a policeman. So yeah, he's so excited for the guns. <laughs> yeah, it's also raining it, dramatically. Shadows everywhere because it's a film noir. Yeah, this cuts directly to Bart in court, where we get a number of testimonies. First, from his older sister Ruby, who insists that he would never kill a living creature. He has had this fascination with guns forever, but he would never shoot a living creature. Because he once killed a chick, and he got very sad about it. Yeah, then they later recount the time that he did kill a living creature, and it's like, oh. It's just sleeping. You killed a baby chicken, but it's sleeping. It's okay. He told me what he'd done, Judge Willoughby. And he's never killed anything since in his whole life. And he never will. It's something else about guns that gets him. Not killing. I see. Judge Willoughby, sir. Uh, His friends also point out the time that he was useless in shooting a mountain lion while they were camping. Fun activity with the boys. Yeah. (laughs) Go piss off a mountain lion. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically what Scouts is all about. (laughs) Pissing off wildlife. I have no choice but to take you at your word for this. Boy Scouts, maybe. Oh, yeah. We didn't do that in Girl Scouts. Well, yeah, because Girl Scouts have tact. <laughs> I could go on a whole rant about scouting, but let's not. <laughs> let's save we it have, for we have to leave... another episode. Yeah, we have to leave something for people to look forward to. <laughs> for these great testimonies are followed up by his teacher, who just points out the time that he brought a goddamn revolver to school. Well, on this particular day, I left the room on an errand. And when I came back to the room... Can I shoot it? Wow. How'd you get it, Bart? Earn the money and bought it off one of the men on the road crew. You always carry a gun? Sure. Nobody can ever tell what might happen. Never can tell when you might need a gun. Why, it sure is a beauty. Do you shoot it? As you do. Show and tell. Yeah. Show and tell. I brought a gun. He brought a gun to school and then refused to hand it over. And he said he bought it with his own money, which is kind of like a scary thought for a 13-year-old. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he can just go and buy a gun, sure. It was the 40s. Or I guess this scene was 
possibly set in the 30s. Who knows? Yeah, I don't but, know how Yeah, go ahead. Buy a gun. They're very clear over the fact that even though he doesn't like to shoot people, he just has, like, this fascination with guns. Yeah. He needs to have a goddamn gun at any given he moment. He just needs to. In the way other boys just have to have a pen knife or a uh, harmonica. <laughs> One of these Man, things the is not like the like others. <laughs> living in the 50s sounds like it fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, at least if you're a you have a, you're a harmonica boy, you can like play that up in a tree or you can play the blues while yeah. you're riding the rails. Fucking dumbass idiot doesn't even have a Game Boy Color. <laughs> Moron. <laughs> well, since he's turned to guns, Bart is sent to a reform school. This isn't a punishment, except reform school is kind of by definition a punishment. Yeah, especially in, like, the 30s. <laughs> yeah. The, there is no way that kid wasn't abused. Yeah. And we cut to several years later, where Bart has returned home after both reform school and a stint in the army, like all psychologically stable young men do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he meets up with his friends, who you can tell which characters they are because they're still wearing the same style of clothes 15 years later. They got a they got a good thing going. Why mess with that? I mean, to be fair, I've had the same basic wardrobe since high school, so I really have Lame. no place to judge. Jason <laughs> is going to be wearing polo shirts for the entirety of his life. Don't need to call me out like that. <laughs> Maybe Sorry. someday he'll become a dad and graduate to Aloha shirts. <laughs> That's his brother. <laughs> That's not a joke. Yeah, no, my oh my, my brother wore a Hawaiian shirt to his graduation. That's so good. I, <laughs> I think she's he saying it, it that was Matthew a Friday. Has more style than you do. <laughs> Casual Friday takes no breaks. <laughs> Back so there, to we the called movie. him out instead. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. Back to the movie, they decide to go to a traveling carnival that's in town. Back before those things became associated with animal cruelty and all that. Well, not that there wasn't plenty of animal cruelty going on then, surely. Oh, true. This carnival, as far as we can see, does not have animal cruelty. Instead, what it has is a female sharpshooter, Annie Laurie Starr, played by Peggy Cummings. After shooting a lot of balloons, I guess, you had to make your own fun in the 40s. God, you really did. You know, the war's over, and I don't know what to do with myself. Blow up a few of those balloons, Shoot. Johnny. Let's see if I can hit them from here. Shooting's the only thing I know. <laughs> Shooting and toxic masculinity. How can we combine these things? <laughs> gentlemen, as owner and manager of Packets Carnival, it is I myself who present to you the famous, the dangerous, the beautiful Miss Annie Laurie Starr, direct from London, England, and the capitals of the continent, before whose remarkable marksmanship, 
the greatest pistol and rifle shots in America have gone down to defeat. So, here she is, ladies and gentlemen, so appealing, so dangerous, so lovely to look at, the darling of London, England, Miss Annie After Lyons. a demonstration, the carnival asks for any challengers, and Bart is immediately volunteered by his friends. There's not even, like, a waiver yet to sign or anything, they're just like, <laughs> yeah, come one, come all, shoot a fucking gun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, that's basically what scouting was like. (laughs) Shoot a fucking gun. Who gives a shit? We've got nothing better to do. Yeah, this culminates in them literally shooting to light matches off of a specially made crown that the other is wearing. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah, just the sort of thing that you do. Just pals having a good time. Yeah, totally normal and not weird, fucked up thing to do. (laughs) Imagine if something had gone horribly wrong. It's just like, fuck you, William Tell. You're not shit. Oh, shit. We're going to have to change cities again, which isn't really much given that we're a traveling carnival. But still, I cannot go back to prison. How about the crown? Would you like to light the matches? Were you? Almost killed a man once. Shot a little too low. So did I. They are so impressed with Bart's marksmanship that they just immediately hire him on. (laughs) That sounds like a fake story that someone would tell. Yeah. So there was this girl, you see? She she called herself an expert marksman, but I showed her, and then she gave me kisses, and then they hired me on the spot, and I got a standing ovation. <laughs> and everyone there clapped, and the police officer gave me $20. <laughs> and that's also just, like, every film star of the 30s, just like, oh, the producer discovered her in a malt shop. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you didn't have to go try out for things if you wanted an entertainment <laughs> career like in those days. You look like you got a real shooting arm there. <laughs> I bet you could shoot, but not at a person. Most people try to aim for the person, but you look like you have the sense to not do that. God, a candle-studded crown would look good on you. <laughs> <laughs> got a job? No, not yet. Maybe you have. How about a packy? You can always use a good man, can't you? I might be able to use you. How much do you pay? We'll talk about that. When do you leave town? We skip ahead a bit. Laurie and Bart are pretty much immediately attracted to each other. Because guns shock. are a metaphor for sex, I guess. I, I, I don't know. You can make your own phallic object joke here. I don't think I will. Yeah, you could just say that it's straight people, but... Is that a gun in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Oh, fuck, 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 it's a gun. I (laughs) should have... It's always a gun, that's why it's in the title. I don't... I don't know why I expected anything else. It's not boner crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to think about that! It's a Mae West. (laughs) Take it up with Mae West. (laughs) 
Oh my god, uh, that does sound like a Mae West title. It is like a quote from her, from one of her movies. I don't remember. Oh yeah, they're <laughs> just happy to see me. I thought you were talking about Bone or Crazy. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> no, Boner didn't mean that back then. <laughs> it meant a stupid as mistake. A mistake, so. yeah. Yeah, as all of those. So I guess you could make it work. Batman comics. <laughs> I just can't stop goofing up. I'm boner crazy. <laughs> anyway, the problem is that their boss is very interested in Lori as well. So while she's in her dressing room, their boss comes on to her. She fights back. Of course, she's trouble. Because she's a woman with opinions. Can't have that. Yeah. And he tries to force himself on her, and then Bart just enters the room and starts shooting. Uh, I do have to say, I really wish his name wasn't Bart, because <laughs> I'm just picturing a little Simpsons guy coming in and being like, Hey man, get off my girl! And bam, bam, bam. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, he was going to meet her before this, but... (laughs) I'm going gun crazy, man! (laughs) Uh, Any more really great Bart Simpson jokes in there that you want to get? I'm I'm sure we'll have a few further down the line. Okay, cool. Well, that's that's a good idea. We should save them. Do you think that just shooting when you enter a room is just how those two greet each other? That's just the American way. (laughs) They just love guns so goddamn much. Honey, I'm home! (laughs) Bam, 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 bam. (laughs) No guts, nothing. I want action. Action. I told you to keep your... Get out of here. I told you to get out of here. This is... I mean, really, all of this, uh, th- this gun, gun crazy culture has culminated in, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a funny way I can lead up to this, but I'm just, but I'm just gonna have to go out and say it, uh, that it led up to the Nostalgia Critic. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, God. <laughs> can we not? That's just, like, the culmination of our collective gun appreciation. Jesus. Should, should we submit that as evidence to Congress? It's like, show the NRA, oh, shit, shit, you were ah, right. Fuck, you got us there. Ah, <laughs> uh, god damn it. He thinks Back this it is, up, boys. He thinks this is funny? Oh, we can't have this, not at all. Well, their boss isn't a fan either, as he immediately fires them. And given that this is the days of the Hayes Code, Lori and Bart immediately get married. We're gonna make our own circus. Yeah. And they have a fun little honeymoon montage in Vegas. And their money immediately runs out. And she doesn't want to live quietly. She wants to live. Hard to live quietly when you're a gunslinger. Yeah, in her words, she is bad, but will try to be good. Because when their money goes out, she gives an ultimatum. Hey, help me rob a few guys or it's over. Well, we've still got a tank full of gas, anyway. Bob? Huh? You remember what I was talking to you about? Yeah. Still feel the same way about it? Somebody might get hurt. How can anybody get hurt if we don't hurt them? 
Too dangerous, I tell you. Because she wants stuff. Yeah. God, don't we all? Yeah, but she's a woman, so the stuff that she wants is expensive. Yeah, like I- guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that case of guns that he buys at like before he meets her and shows <laughs> off to his friends. This is this is a wise investment. Yeah. Girl stuff is dumb. <laughs> Can't it's shoot up. a ring. Bam 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 bam. <laughs> at one point he says that he's going to sell his guns so they can go get a new start. She's like, don't do that. <laughs> but I sold my hair to get you bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I suppose we can just throw the bullets at people. <laughs> really <laughs> hard. Effective of a robbery method. I, w- I want to see a robbery using that now. It's like no guns, just the bullets. Yes. Or just darts. Why not? Just- <laughs> You get some dart players just, like, carefully lining up their shots at the bank teller. Uh, like, the rubber-tipped ones, too. <laughs> <laughs> With darts commentators, too. Just It's a good uh, uh, experiment for people who say guns don't kill people. People kill people. <laughs> oh, there we go. So, Arm them with rubber darts. Think about it. So, like... Try shooting someone without the gun and see <laughs> how it works. <laughs> Just throw the bullets at them. Bang! 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 Uh, he caught it. Damn it. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Now he has the killing power. Does that mean I'm out? Thank you. I'll, I'll hawk my guns. Give us enough dough to make another start. There isn't enough money in those guns for the kind of start I want. But I want things, a lot of things, big things. I don't want to be afraid of life or anything else. I want a guy with spirit and guts. A guy who can laugh at anything, who will do anything. A guy who can kick over the traces and win the world for me. Look, I don't want to look in that mirror and see nothing but a a stick-up man staring back at me. They do a few small jobs holding up convenience stores and gas stations and whatnot and of course this is all done through like those lovely film noir montages of newspapers and typewriters yeah and they like never cover their faces they're they just he literally like backs out of one of the places with his face staring at the guy i mean i guess it's because he's got a gun pointed at him but yeah like you're giving them so much time to study your face and memorize it my name is bart and i fucking love guns you can quote me on that (laughs) (laughs) hey mr newspaper get a load of this this guy loves guns read all about it it's also around this point that we get the film's most famous sequence where Mm. they rob a bank which they did in one take with nobody besides the actors and the people in the bank knowing that this was going on (laughs) what yeah they improvised a lot of the dialogue in the sequence and apparently like 
someone actually called the police on them. Oh my god. How the fuck is this legal? It's not legal. So, was the security guard guy, like, just a random bystander? He was an actor. Oh, okay. He was an actor. And presumably the police were informed. Was that why the, like, one scene with him, like, the audio quality was a little weird because of the echo of, like, the hallway? Uh, Yeah, they... Like I said, it was all one take. They literally just gutted out the back of a sedan so they could fit all of the equipment in. Wow. And... This was really no small feat for 1949 when this was shot. Yeah, that's really impressive. Take off. All right. But I told you to stay in the car. I couldn't help it. The copper came out then. Pass the car. I will. During one getaway, they are chased by a policeman, and Laurie insists that Bart shoot the guy, but instead he just shoots the tire, because he can't kill a person, even if she really wants him to. Tires aren't people. (laughs) Or are they? No, they're not. Shoot! Why don't you shoot? This isn't the last time either, because the same goddamn day, she threatens to kill someone during a robbery, and he has to drag her away. By this point, the newspapers know who they are, because they have taken zero precaution. (laughs) What a day. Yeah. Bart wants to quit this life of crime, but Lori convinces him to do just one last job. We'll get the gang back together. Isn't the gang only two of them? Yes, so they are already together. That's what's so easy about it. How handy. They literally... dropping stuff. (laughs) Sorry. They literally... What fell? Oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't realize we were doing a bit. Alright, I was hoping it would be something funny, but it wasn't funny. Keep going. I dropped the cat. Nope. Yeah, I was half hoping it would be cat-related, so I could, like... Bring that thing full circle and like, yeah, like, why are you talking about the cat again? Stuff like that. But, um. Nope. Next time you could maybe like lie and say something that <laughs> suits the show better. Oh, she's doing a little tap dance. <laughs> well, I thought it was a suitably uh, femme fatale item to <laughs> there you like, go. have. Yeah, so, all right, all right. There you fucking go. <laughs> oh, no, it's like, it's like when you're. This is. No. I thought I, I thought I had thought of something that gunslingers did where they, like, look in a mirror and then shoot something behind them. But that seems like a gag thing and not a real thing. <laughs> no, that yeah, sounds think... more Hanna-Barbera. Than... Yeah, doesn't it? That sounds like something you're making up right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I get, I guess. It's cost us everything we've gotten to keep going so far. We're broke. What are you trying to say? One more job. No. One more job, a big one. No, I'm afraid. We'll plan it carefully. We'll take all the time we want to work it out. We'll be rich. Then we'll get out of the country. We'll be together, always together. I'm afraid. The last one. This 
particular job of theirs involves a literally getting employed at the place that they're robbing. <laughs> that was a real nice show you put on there. Yeah, well... No, they're getting jobs at a meat processing plant so that they can rob it. Oh, I thought you were saying they were robbing it in the middle of that. The manager came out and was like, whoa, 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 hold on. You got some real talent there. <laughs> and then everybody clapped. <laughs> the girl kissed me a lot. And I said something clever from the internet and everybody got it. Anyways, meat plant. They, yes. they want to steal meat. Uh, apparently, that's where the money is. I I don't know. Alrighty, then. Meat is pretty valuable, I think. Especially mm. back then, when uh, methods of preservation weren't as sophisticated. So Back then, when they were dumb as shit and doesn't, <laughs> doesn't know what the fuck anything's worth. <laughs> anyway, the robbery goes off. They get the money, but... In the process, Lori kills a couple people. What can you do? Can't make an omelet. Without shooting a few guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. All the time. Their plan was to just take separate getaway cars and meet up in a few months, but they are just so in love that they stop after they get into the cars and just drive off together. How romantic. Yeah, this was an original change. This was a change that the director made. The original script had them drive off as originally planned. They, they really emphasize the love story. I... Lots of things I, I meant to say. Should have said them last night. Me too. Be good. Sure. So long, honey. They managed to sneak away for a bit, but the money is traced, and they have to get out of Dodge, and they... Escape over to California. The lawless wasteland. Yes. <laughs> they have to leave all of their money behind. And they end up in the house of Bart's sister, Ruby. Where they take... Lisa? That was another Simpsons joke for you. Oh. Uh, you, have, you ever seen The Simpsons? What would you do if I said no? Well, then my, my great joke would be lost on you. <laughs> <laughs> And what a shame that would be. Yeah. It's a fun little homecoming. Just, hey, sis, I'm taking you and your children hostage. Oh, that's not very fun. No, it it really isn't. Sorry we had to come like this, Ruby. Uh, This is Laurie. Why did you have to come here? Just because there's, there's no place else to go. Gee, what cute kids. You're my Uncle Bar, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, Where's Ira? He's in San Francisco on business. Bart's old friends tried to come and convince him to give himself up. Give up this life of crime. Stop hanging out with this crazy dame. She shoots people. You can't just do that. Be a normal, well-adjusted 
gun crazed dude. They don't give themselves up. Instead, they flee into the mountains. Lori attempts to kidnap one of his oh, uh, yes. nibblings. <laughs> nibblings. Is that an official term? Yeah. It's existed, a, oh. like, at least 40 years or so. Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, she literally just says, here, I got the baby. Nobody will shoot us while we have this. <laughs> I mean, is she wrong? It's like, you put that back. <laughs> yeah, he, like, sticks the baby in a little, like, garden. <laughs> <laughs> but they just, like, have a crib outside for some reason. Let it photosynthesize. <laughs> Plants will keep watch over the baby. They run into the mountains. They do not have a pleasant time. They are pursued by police dogs. They actually let her get really dirtied up, which was a pleasant surprise for just about any movie. Yeah. Have the woman not appear immaculate. Now, the friends try to plead with them again to try to get them to give up and surrender themselves. Lori is having none of this. So she's decided she's going to shoot these guys. Bart can't have that. So he shoots her and is in turn shot by police. End of movie. Goodbye. One more step and I'll kill you. I'll kill you. I'll kill you! Lori, don't! I'll kill you! Lori! Lori! Yay? Yeah, I, I, it's a very interesting final shot because it's just them lying dead among some reeds and a lot of fog. This was a modest enough success. I couldn't find too much contemporary criticism of it. But you no, know, this was a low-budget work, very much a B-movie, and kind of disappeared into the ether for a while in America. In contrast, this film is actually considered to be one of the primary forerunners of the French New Wave movement. Would I be familiar with that movement? Well, it was a French cinematic movement from the 50s to the 60s, which primarily focused on unorthodox methods of expression, like Really long tracking shots, really existential uh, themes, a lot of uh, rapid dialogue. Actually, when American producers were looking for directors for a pretty big film in 1967, they asked well-known French New Wave directors Jean-Luc Godard and Francois Truffaut. Both of whom turned it down, but they suggested that they hold a viewing of Gun Crazy as a means of demonstrating how their film should go. A little film called Bonnie and Clyde. Familiar? Yeah. Which is interesting in its own way since it comes around full circle. Gun Crazy is all about working around the standards of the Hayes Code, and seeing just how far they could push it. And Bonnie and Clyde was one of the final nails in the coffin for the Code. Yeah. 
is that and Blow Up, I believe, were the big ones. Towards the end of the 60s, filmmakers were kind of like, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then we got the rating system. Still not great, but whatever. As a result of Bonnie and Clyde, that led to the quote-unquote rediscovery of Gun Crazy, and it has enjoyed its own little subculture of fans ever since. Kind of like a cult movie. Kind of like a cult movie. Yes. These... (laughs) Anyway. These are... You're not really working with her here, Jacob. These are the biggest credits for pretty much everyone involved. Though John Dahl would later go on to appear in Spartacus... While Peggy Cummins was in Night of the Demon a few years later. And the film actually got a remake in 1992. What? Yeah. Got a remake in 1992 directed by Tamara Davis and starring Drew Barrymore. Which actually has very little to do with this film. Hmm. Instead, it's more about an abused teenager who is corrupting a reformed prisoner. There's also a trilogy of Japanese films called Gun Crazy, but they have nothing to do with this one. The film was nominated for five separate American Film Institute lists, did not get onto any of them, and was actually selected in 1998 by the Library of Congress for the National Film Registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. That sounds fairly prestigious. How many other films uh, have that same honor? Um, as of this moment, there are 750 films. That's actually quite a lot. Yeah, it's well, there a... are a lot of movies yeah. out there. They well, there's what can't be that many. Like what, fifty? They started in 1988, and every year they add up to 25 new films. But this was about 10 years after. 12 Angry Men wasn't inducted until 2007. Yeah, exactly. This was added before, like, just looking over... I want to know some of these. I want to know what the worst movie that's been inducted is hmm well some movies are bad but still significant in some way like rocky horrors on the the first the what sorry rocky horror is on the list and they've got the incredible shrieking shrinking man the muppet movies there the thriller music video Uh, they have a variety yeah like oh they have i don't know i found a movie on there called please don't bury me alive whoa that sounds good. Yeah. We'll have to look into that. Well. As for why this film has stuck out so much, like I said, a lot of it is stylistically. Because this was the Hayes Code. You couldn't really show anyone getting shot. I don't think they actually did that, at least not in a, in a major American release, until Bonnie and Clyde. It, a lot of times you would just see the gunfire and people would talk about the person that got killed in a later scene. Yeah, people would, like, you'd see people, like, fall over, but not anything 
especially graphic. Like, you wouldn't see any blood or anything like that. Well, blood hadn't been invented yet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was black and white. How could they tell what it was? In addition to... While we're talking about things that they couldn't show, a lot of my research has been through the work of Danny Peary, a film critic who has been primarily credited with the concept of the cult movie. He spoke with the director on several occasions, and the director literally just said that the instructions were, I told John, your cock's never been so hard. And I told Peggy, you're a female dog in heat and you want him. But Mm -hmm. don't let him have it in a hurry. Keep him waiting. That's exactly Mm -hmm. how I talked to them and I turned them loose. I didn't have to give them more directions. Cool. What a good and normal thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but then you could just say whatever the fuck to people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What a concept. Especially if you were a film noir detective. A, a, mm-hmm. a film noir director. Or direct. <laughs> Detectives, too. Yes. If you can find it, I do wholly recommend looking up Danny Peary's analysis on the film. Because he goes in depth not only about its long-lasting legacy, but also one of the more contentious aspects, the character of Lori, Which is... Interesting, because he outright says that he disagrees with the director. As She's according... not like a female dog in heat? <laughs> well, the director... I was just going to say how her... so, but... Okay. <laughs> the director said that he believes Laurie is a totally evil character who does not love Bart at all and is more concerned with survival and making money than him. However, Peary argues, and it's an interesting sort of interpretation, he argues that she has simply adjusted to a world that has been cruel to her, and does grow to love him in her own way. I can see that. Yeah. I don't know, do you have any thoughts? I've been talking a lot. Or is this like the thing where... They say when someone bullies you, it means they actually like you. When someone (laughs) ropes you into doing crimes with them, it just means that they like you. Look, I shot this guy. That that means I like you. He is bleeding from his heart, just like I am bleeding from mine. Wow. Poetry. Yeah, it's like a... It's a good movie. Um... When you had us watch a sort of low-budget movie called Gun Crazy, I didn't have high expectations, <laughs> but, uh... Perhaps reasonably no, this so, ha- yeah. yeah. It was a good movie. It had, like, really nice cinematography, and the cinematographer, Russell B. Harian, or Harlan, rather, sorry, um, he also did, like... To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, and, shit. Um, so he knew what Rio he was Bravo. doing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely a case of doing more with less, which is an art form that has kind of died over the years. 
I, yeah, it's I don't know. something people forget about when they have a ridiculous budget and they're like, let's use so much CG. Well, they didn't have that option back in 1950, so. All they had were guns and they liked it that way <laughs> you all right sir yeah yeah we're all right We may not have any guns, at least as far as I know. Are either of you two holding out on me? Uh, wait, wait. Uh, 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 if you make a gun show joke, guns. I'm kicking you off this podcast right now. Lot, <laughs> lots of guns. The Matrix. Remember that one? I've honestly never seen The Matrix. Well, you should do that. <laughs> well... Thank you for listening to It's Symbolic. If you have anything you would like to say, be it a suggestion, anything, criticism, who knows. Give any like, are... great Simpsons jokes to make regarding the character being named Bart. Yeah. Uh, I would just love yeah. that. So Yeah, we kinda dropped the ball on that if you one. Have... So if you have better jokes than Ben did, <laughs> uh, feel free to tweet them at us. We'll, we'll I, I don't know, Mir, I feel like the you're the I feel like you're the biggest Simpsons fan out of the three of us. Probably. But, I mean, I haven't watched it in quite some time, so I would need to brush up on my Bart quotes. (laughs) Don't have a cow, have a gun. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I mean, this whole thing is just that funk dancing for self-defense bit. Before we go off track even further, we are available on Twitter at It's Symbolic PC or through email at It's Symbolic Podcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram at It's Symbolic Podcast if you want to see pictures of guns. Relevant pictures of guns. Um, you can probably find them elsewhere too, but yeah. ours will probably be more relevant. Yeah, the specific guns that we have been talking about. And no matter how you're listening, be it. Podbean, be it Spotify, be it iTunes, be it through some special method where you upload audio files into a bullet. That sounds scary. (laughs) Yeah. You can listen, but only once. Don't do that, please. (laughs) Anyway, be sure to leave a rating and review. It helps a ton. That's how people find out about us. And we want to keep doing this. So why not help us out? Anyway, I'm Jacob. I'm Mir. I'm Ben. Join us next time when we just fucking disappear in New Mexico. Way ahead of you. And then you can have like a fade out effect. So it's like I disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe like some sort of appropriate uh, background music that would establish that this was occurring in New Mexico. I don't, I don't, no, no, no. Like what would... Some kind of background music that's like would make you say like, "Oh shit, that dude's in New Mexico." <laughs> you see, I thought you were going for the disappeared angle. Well, yeah, well, both. I mean, I, I would not.
It was as if the gun were something he simply had to have, just as other boys have to have jackknives or harmonicas or, or baseball bats. 